We are so excited to have Jarrah Foster Fell, aka Jarrah Bean, on with us today. From USC Fine Arts to graphic design to the BBG workout guide to Soul Cycle instructor to Instagram star and full time blogger slash curator of content for her very own jarabean.com. You have reinvented yourself over and over and have been very open about sharing all of your life's twists and turns. For those that have not been following you and your journey, can you quickly walk us through how you got? to be the inspirational woman we all follow today. What an introduction. Oh my goodness. I could just like, maybe I should listen to that every morning when I wake up. Just like, (laughs) Um, oh my goodness. Well, hi. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. And yeah, quick little background on me. Grew up in New York City. I'm a New Yorker. Tried and true. Went to USC out in LA for college. And the couple years after college were pretty challenging for me. I was a graphic designer, but I was just really miserable with what I was doing. Stuck in these really bad jobs where I would have panic attacks just because I was not treated very nicely. I had a bald patch on my head because I was so stressed out. Long story there. But I woke up one morning and after ending a four-year relationship and also struggling with social anxiety, like really in this deep, dark hole, I was like, I got to do something positive for myself. And I'd been following Kayla Atzinas, who's the creator of the BBG guides for about a year. And I just decided to download her guides go to the gym and start working out. And the same exact day, I also made my Instagram account. And this crazy sort of twisty, turny path within three months happened really quickly. I started to gain a following. I started to find passion in just connecting with other women. And I didn't really have any friends at the time. So it was really wonderful to all of a sudden have this female connection. And I enjoyed creating content and I was feeling good by working out. So that's sort of how it all began. And then over the course of three years, I left my graphic design job. I became a soul cycle instructor, which is a very dramatic journey um and to I say been, the least to say the least <laughs> and the whole time I've been working on and growing and fostering this community on Instagram and, and growing my brand along with it so it's been about a three and a half year long journey so far you've done so much in three years that's amazing it really is and like I started my own business so I kind of took that leap of faith but when you switched over when you left graphic design when you left your soul cycle job how did you feel Like, how did you feel taking that leap? Were you scared? Like, walk us through some of those emotions. I think leaving SoulCycle, which was at the end of April 2018, was an extremely scary decision for me. Because when it comes to SoulCycle, that was a two and a half year chapter of my life. Yeah, you fully committed to making oh this my God, a reality. I committed so hard to it. I yeah. read your story, by the way. Oh, I'm so glad. I couldn't believe how much you put into it and then how much you kept going with it because I mean do you want to just give a little yeah just like a little rewind um so I decided I wanted to become a soul cycle instructor I think in late 2015 and it's a really crazy audition process it's like American Idol on a bike essentially (laughs) and as you know Bevan (laughs) um and I had to audition two times There's a 10-week training program once you get accepted. I got accepted, went through the whole training program, and when I finished the 10 weeks, I didn't graduate. I essentially failed the program. What did they say to you when that happened? Oh, 
oh, still like, I still feel fired up about it. I feel fired up because it was vague. They didn't give me a great reason. But now that I went through it again, I, I understand their reasoning. Essentially, it was that I just wasn't ready. I didn't have enough confidence. I wasn't ready to command a room full of people and like manage that. Um, at the that moment, it was really confusing because I was like, yo, I did the training and like y'all said I did good earlier on in the program like what's going on um but going through that second round of training I was able to polish off myself in a way that I absolutely was not able to the first time and so when I graduated that second time I was like oh this is how I'm supposed to feel when I finish so that second round was really imperative for me and you to totally check your ego at the door. Oh my, well, uh, yeah. To go back in and be like, okay, I'm going to do it again. Yes, especially for myself, but also because at the time I think I had like 70,000 followers on Instagram and they were all very much part of my soul cycle journey from the moment. I mean, I told them when I was just heading into audition and then I was like, well, I didn't make the audition. I'm like, I'm going to audition again. And like, oh, so I they knew every single step of the journey and everyone was rooting for me. So then after like several drawn out months to come on to Instagram and be like, well, guys, I actually didn't get this thing that I've been working my ass off for for a really long time. But the wonderful thing is that I found through Instagram is when I've had these really challenging moments, it feels embarrassing or like you have to swallow your pride to share. But the response usually is so wonderful and so supportive that it makes it easier to share those challenging moments. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wouldn't think, I mean, some people have so many haters. We're going to get into that in a little bit and how you deal with that specifically. But the fact that you kept on, I guess, and, and showed everybody I'm not going to give up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like still like processing. Like, I'm like, it. I'm like, whoa, that happened. Yeah. It's um, insane to see too, because they look at you now and it looks like you are completely the epitome of what confidence is to look back and think, there was another version of you that existed oh and you grew. That's what I was going to say. Big like, time. Big I just time. Met you and you, when you came in, you were a bubble of happiness. Oh, like thanks. you exude so much positivity. So it must have been so just again, just knocking you down to get to a place of I have to go back and do this again. It was such an important lesson, though, and something that I've thought about many times since completing that journey is when you really want something. You have to fight for it. You're going to get nose along the way. If you don't, then you're like a unicorn that lives on Mars. And, that, and congrats. <laughs> that's don't cool. Get those people. They're like, who are you? Why? <laughs> and um, if you're told no and then you give up right away, then you probably didn't really want that thing that much to begin with in the first place. So these no's that we get in our life, whether it's on a soul cycle journey or otherwise, I think they're so crucial because it helps build us up and build strength and test us to see if we're really ready to fight for whatever dream it is that we're trying to pursue. I also feel like too, these no's are always there to refine us, mm. to give us all the tools we need to get exactly what we want in the future. Even if you didn't know yet that it was so much bigger than your soul cycle journey, that was there as a piece to get you closer to your soul's path, your journey, your your highest high. Totally. So then you decide that you're going to you're going to do it again. You go back in, you yep. do it again, you get through, you're on the schedule, you're teaching, you're living life. <laughs> living life. Uh-huh. Then you're like, <laughs> I'm done. So I ended up teaching from December 2016, December 16, 2016 was my first class to like April 29th, 2018. So close to a year and a half. And let me say that 
being a soul cycle instructor is fucking hard, man, especially in New York City because so there are a million amazing instructors. So you have to try and build this following when there's so many more established people already than you. So you're teaching to rooms of like two, five, like if you get 20 people, you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and you're giving your heart and soul and showing up for each class. And to be honest, not really getting a lot in return. So you're pushing yourself, you're working so hard. And I think those first like maybe eight months of teaching, I felt so all over the place. And I was like, okay, this doesn't feel quite right yet. Just because I'm getting my foundation and I'm getting my footing, like I'm going to settle in. I think I did feel somewhat settled by the year mark, but then I kind of realized like, wait a second, I actually don't think I'm enjoying this like there's moments where I enjoy it there's mo there have there's some moments that I can pinpoint that I'm like I will never feel that feeling again mm. that's how powerful and like out of body and like passionate it was but for the most part I wasn't getting the joy out of it that I had expected to and it was a really hard thing to come to terms with because I'd put in whatever it was two years of my life up into that at this point I'd put soul cycle on a pedestal I thought it was the be-all end-all and then I realized I wasn't happy so it took a couple months to kind of process that and then eventually sit in front of my email and stare at the email to send a soul cycle like I don't want to teach anymore I literally sat there and cried for 30 minutes and was like I can't send this. I can, and then I, you know, I sent it. So it just, it's been this really interesting process of like fighting for your dream, getting the dream, realizing the dream isn't actually what I thought it was. Um, and just processing and coming to terms with that. Was there a specific moment you were like, I know I'm not happy. How did you know? How were you able to hear and feel that? So many people I think struggle with that moment. Yeah. I don't think it was a specific moment. I think also too an important factor to talk about was that I, I have my Instagram going on along with this. So Soul Cycle and Instagram was my job. So it wasn't just like, oh, I'm at Soul Cycle and I'm unhappy. It was also that I'm really excited about my Instagram and there's so much more I want to do with this. And I'm seeing my peers who are in a similar space and who started at a similar time as I did with my Instagram do things that I'm not able to do. And I was starting to feel envious jealous like like shit why isn't this me so I think the combination of not feeling happy at soul cycle around the year mark and then also realizing that I had so much potential in my Instagram and my brand and what I could do and grow and create with that started to create this unease and it started to grow until I finally was like shit I got to do something about this was it scary for you knowing you had a steady paycheck coming in and then Maybe you already did have some paychecks coming in from all that stuff, but that that steady paycheck was going to be wiped. For some reason, that didn't feel too scary to me because by the time I sort of felt these feelings of wanting to leave Seoul, I had a couple of deals locked in that were at least a year long. So that was kind of steady money coming in. So that didn't really feel too scary. But if I didn't have those and I had like no idea where money was coming from each month, then yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, good to know. Yeah. Yeah, But that's kind of like what um, Nicole Lappin was talking about too. She was like, great, go follow your dream. But if you're going to start the alpaca farm, like make sure you've got some savings in the bank, make sure you've got something set up, you know, like it makes it much easier to make that sort of transition when you've set something into motion before. Absolutely. Yeah. The finances are are such an important thing. Like people are like, how do I go for my dream? Well, it's like, you have to be 
sound. Yeah, the logistics and the financials, like that's such an important part of it. And I think something that people usually don't talk about. They're like, I'm just gonna go fight for my dream and do create my dream job. It's like, well, you need money. Yeah. Too. So (laughs) you better take up that shift at Grey Dog and get going. But taking it back a second, you were talking about this moment in time where you were having this social anxiety. Yes. Um, I wanna really dig into this. So you're in graphic design. You're working in this company. It's just a lot of stress, Mm -hmm. too much. They're very rude to you. And your hair physically starts falling out. Yes. So the hair happened before the social anxiety chapter of my life. Oh, okay. Yes. This was just panic attack. Just, just panic (laughs) attack. Just just a couple little panic attacks. It's cool. (laughs) Um, So when I was living in Boston, I'd moved from LA with my boyfriend at the time. Um, He got into Harvard Law School and I started to work at a startup there's just three of us. I was like, I don't know, 23, 24. Puppy. Puppy baby. Um, I'm like so hardworking. And I think at the time I was very naive. So to me to be in a work environment where I was making, I probably was making like $25,000, but working seven days a week and at all hours of the day and doing jobs that weren't just graphic design. It was just absolutely insane. But I just kind of in my head was like oh this is how one is treated at work this is normal and so I let it get to a stage and I I feel partly responsible for it for not taking action um but to the point where yeah I I I parted my hair one day and I had this like little bald patch on my head I'm like yo this is wow this isn't normal (laughs) I know a lot of girls though they have like it's overstressed and and things happen and they start to lose their hair yeah it's a real thing it's fucked up it's unfortunate that we have to get to a place though where things like that start to happen in somewhere in our mind it was engraved in us that we should be working that hard right that it should be that miserable that it should be that complicated and it should be that stressful in order for us to get what we want and i just believe i don't believe that to be truth well it's interesting you say that that like we wait until this point for something to be very wrong because essentially the same thing happened with my social anxiety um I didn't realize something was wrong until I had this conversation with my mom and just completely broke down. And I remember sitting with her at dinner. I was visiting her in New York. I was still living in Boston at the time. And I told her how I have this problem where in social situations, I freak out because I get really sweaty. And it will happen if I'm having like a meeting at work and it's just the four of us who work there and I have to present what I'm doing that week. Or if it's like a social function and I'm like, I walk in and get a glass of wine and I'm talking to someone, my face starts to sweat. And I'll do things like go to the bathroom to cool down or go outside or like somehow break the conversation awkwardly, which is just, you know, it's really awkward in person when they don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, And I started to do this thing where I bought these wipes on Amazon called Sweat Block, I think. And I would dab it all over my face. And it's like a crazy strong antiperspirant. Like it's got to be so bad for you. And it worked though. That's the thing. It stopped so the sweating. It stopped the sweat on my face. And so I would heat up and I'd still feel really hot, but it, but it, I wouldn't cool. sweat, but yeah. it really yeah. burned. And so anyways, I, in my head, I'm like, this is the solution. These sweat block wipes that burn my face are the solution. And I, I was telling my mom about it and I was like, wait a second. And she's like, wait a second. Anyways, um, ended up doing research and realizing I have social anxiety, went to a therapist for about a year or so. And, and, but it took that breaking point moment in order to actually seek help. 
It's so crazy. We want to put a Band-Aid on it, right? Everything. Everything. We want to literally easier. put it on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's amazing. I mean, I get the upper lip sweat from drinking, but I've <laughs> never been to that point where I've actually started feeling it just come over my body in that perspiration. Like that had to be nerve wracking. It is. It, it was. And, and funny enough, it's actually been happening recently, like really? out of nowhere. And... I'm like freaking out. I'm like, what is going on? It's happened a few times over the last month or so where I'll show up at an event and like everyone's in sweaters and like in their coats and then I start to get hot. And and what happens is it's a chain reaction. So I like in my head, I'm getting hot. Okay, I have anxiety about getting hot. Now I'm getting hotter because I have anxiety. And so it's like... It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what's going on. I'm like, do I need to go to therapy again for this? Like, it's, so well, it's just interesting. Was, it's just like relevant that it's coming up again. Yeah. And that was, our, you know, we were talking about this before because we do have a lot of listeners that have talked about their social anxieties. And that was, you know, one of our questions about how you sort of overcame it at that time. And you mentioned going to a therapist. But yeah. Like, were there any sort of mantras that you would say to yourself? Did you prep before going with these things? Like, what would you say to our listeners that have asked about this? Well, I think that the therapy was transformational. I saw him for about a year and you do all these kinds of things. He, he specializes in CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. So anyone who's seeking, uh, I mean, I can only speak about social anxiety specifically, but if you're seeking help in that area, I highly recommend someone who specializes in CBT. And so you do all these exercises within your session to sort of help negate but also manage your anxiety and I think that was the biggest takeaway for me is that anxiety is not something that goes away it's something you learn to manage Mm -hmm. and like when I get hot even though it's still (laughs) all of a sudden happening now and it's something I'm still dealing with um it's sort of contained in a moment it's sort of contained within like five minutes ten minutes and you have to know that eventually it's going to pass so keeping that top of mind I think is really helpful um so yeah is that it's not forever. There's an end. Right. So it can be uncomfortable. Sit in the uncomfort right now. This is going to pass. Exactly. We're okay. Yeah, I have I have anxiety. I mean, we all do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was on medication for years, years and years, because it. what happens to me in all situations is either I get really hype or mm. I start to get really compulsive. I start grabbing for food or anything I can get my hands on. And I noticed in social situations, my shoulders would start to get really tight and I'd feel my neck tense up and I couldn't control it. Like I just couldn't get it down. Oh, interesting. And now I've learned how to breathe through it. Right. Well, there you go. Breathing is huge. As soon as I can recognize that it's happening Instead of not thinking that I'm just hungry or I need another cocktail or (laughs) I got to run or go for a run or I don't know, I got to do something. Um, If I can recognize it, I can go, this is really uncomfortable, but you're going to take a deep, low breath and you're going to sit in this and things are going to pass. And guess what? It's okay. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's okay. It can you you're allowed to feel uncomfortable in life, mm-hmm. and you've also voiced that too. I think your your platform, you know, you you're open. You get up there and say, guys, it's been a rough night. You sort of set yourself up so that maybe you're not feeling as anxious. I mean, I've watched you kind of do that. Just maybe settle the room around you, or maybe settle your environment too. Mm-hmm. Being honest, being honest and open and talking about that that was huge for me. Was being able to talk about it. Yeah. And being able to connect to people and be like, oh, wow, Britt, you know what? I'm feeling this right now. Here we are. And then she acknowledges it. And then we can kind of look at each other. And it didn't feel so, it didn't feel like the site. It wasn't mine to hold. Right. So it wasn't doing the thing where you think about the sweat and then it gets worse. And yeah. It comes around. Yeah. Well, I'm no Wait. judgment, but 
it is it was good it was good to to voice it out there yeah I think often we think we're so alone in whatever it is that we're experiencing whether it's social anxiety or sweat or tension or but like half the room or, or everyone wherever you are with the people you're with everyone's having some sort of internal battle and so when we come together and acknowledge that as a team or as a group it's like you feel so much more or less alone and so it's so, so important to talk about these things it's so interesting to me though that you've chosen all the you've made all the career choices that you've made because they are all careers <laughs> and activities that are based in conversation and communication yeah. What drew you to these things that maybe in our minds we would think this is fundamentally not who I am? Why were you drawn to that? Goodness. Well, it's funny. I feel like Instagram, like what I'm doing right now, I don't want to say it fell into my lap because that sounds like lazy and like luck. And I don't believe that. I've worked really hard for that. But the way it started, it certainly did. And I think I was so drawn to what was going on back in 2015 when I started my account was because it gave me this light. It gave me hope. It gave me happiness that I hadn't felt in so long. It, it, I was at a time in my point, I, I literally had no girlfriends, none. So I find that hard to believe. I really do. Well, it, w- it was more of just because of my job and I was working seven days a week and I had that relationship for four years. So I was very in, with, in that bubble. You didn't yeah. have any more time. I did not have any time to have any friends. So at first it was just this connection that I so desperately was lacking elsewhere. And I think that the connection that I made through virtual friendships and now the connection that I made through my community and my following, it just, it feels good. So like, yeah, maybe it's kind of crazy that because of social anxiety, like this is what I'm doing now, but I think I'm just following what feels good that's amazing I talk about that a lot in class this idea of following the feeling instead Mm. of the circumstance yeah like you didn't know that one day this would be your full-time job but you followed the feeling and you leaned into that and then all this stuff just kind of unfolded and I don't believe that's luck I believe that's doing your work and listening to your voice which guides you right so that's that's literally that's a product of your hard work so one of our listeners had written in to us and she was telling us that she really wanted to hear an episode about body confidence this is what she wrote I would love to hear an episode about body confidence and loving the skin you're in I'm a mama of two perfect little babies and it's true my body is not the same stretch marks a bit of a mom pooch you get it with all the images I see of size double zero models plastered all over my Instagram newsfeed and magazines and pretty much everywhere it makes it hard not to self-judge and criticize myself on a daily basis. What would you say to her? It's interesting because my body has changed a lot over the last three years. So I started off as my normal self. I then became a soul cycle instructor and was so, so, so tiny. And over the last, how long it's been, like six or eight months, I've kind of come back into my normal size. So I don't really have the abs. I don't really have the thigh gap anymore that I used to. And I'm like, I'm thrilled about it. Because I think when it comes down to it, I focus on how I feel. And now that I've had the abs at one point and I've had the thigh gap, like it really doesn't matter. Like I look at myself from a couple months ago and I'm like, I'm not happier back then because I have like uh, rock hard abs and like super defined arms. So now that I've come out on the other side of it, I'm like, okay, I'm really happy with just how I feel and that I'm balanced and like my friends and everything that I'm doing. So it's like, how can you take a bigger picture look at what your life is instead of just focusing on your body? Because in a month, five years, 10 years, do you want to look back on this moment and be like, 
I'm sad that my thighs are jiggly or do you want to be like yo I had fun with my kids on this day and like my husband or whatever the situation is that was a little bit of a ramble no. but like that's how I feel no, that was so good <laughs> so I love good. that so much but and body confidence is kind of become your thing on social media yeah which is strange because I never I mean I've always felt confident about my body but like I think recently it's become much more of a topic than it has before it, it honestly was one of those things I followed you and when you started to post about it I was in this house by myself clapping oh, standing up that. and cheering oh. nobody she else told me about you she was like Brittany you have to you have to follow Jarrah she is amazing she's actually putting the real stuff out I love there that. and it's the cellulite that we all have maybe you know some of us have it in different areas mm-hmm. But we all have it and you're putting it out there and you're drawing attention to it and you're not face tuning it or all the freaking apps out there. You're actually showing it and not filtering it, which is major to do. I just think that Instagram and social media, it's the highlight reel. We all know that that's how it started off, but it's really this powerful tool of connection. And I have felt the most successful when I've either posted about something or messaged with some someone and somehow made that person or group of people feel less alone. So I've noticed that, especially with posts about the body, um, my, my most favorite posts, which is usually everyone's favorite posts, are my butt pimples posts. And I think that's kind of what started it all to like talk about like quote unquote imperfections of the body because I could not believe the response that got and everyone I posted okay so just to back up a little yeah. bit yeah I need in, to know I need yeah. to know the full story I um need this too because I yeah because like also like no one like talks yeah no one talks about no one talks about butt pimples um but I was in Tulum a couple months ago after I top, stopped teaching at Soul Cycle, and I had ordered this bikini from ASOS super cute I go to put it on and I'm like, shit, I accidentally ordered the thong bottoms and I didn't mean to. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm wearing this. Like, I've never worn a thong bikini before. I've got butt pimples. Like, I don't even like my butt that much, even if it didn't have pimples on it. Like, no. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear this. Like, just because, like, fuck it. I'm in Tulum. The, the bathing suit's cute. And I ended up taking this photo in the water of a behind shot so that you could see my butt and when I posted it the caption was zoom in to see my butt pimples <laughs> and it. I cracked up because so many people were like Jared I almost scrolled by this because it looked like a thirst trap photo which nothing wrong <laughs> with a thirst trap photo I love a good thirst I have trap a lot photo of like, I actually have a lot of them celebrate I, the thirst yeah. trap photos we're all thirsty <laughs> yeah oh, I, have, um, I, I do and I have a lot of them <laughs> they're to thank photographers but they're yeah they're thirsty and I they're, get it they're important they're important they have a time and place um but this was not just that so people really enjoyed it and and people were commenting like oh my god I've never seen anyone post about butt pimples before I didn't know that anyone else had them besides me I've always been terrified I felt so alone in this and I was like holy shit like this is a new like category of something to talk about and connect with people with and and help them feel less alone in their butt pimples generate the dialogue right help us all to break it down so we don't feel so ashamed of these tiny little imperfections that we are all All have all have i I work with women sizes zero to 22 
And my goal is to make them go out and on TV and to say, I feel so good in this outfit that I want to walk right out of this studio and then go on a date or go do things with my girlfriends. Because like you said, it's about that confidence. It's Mm -hmm. about that feeling of whether or not you're in a bikini and doing it or, you know, just even in your own clothes, like feeling good within. Right. And it's building that. So you've now put that out there basically almost naked. And we're like, this is this is what I've got. And I'm, I'm good with it. Exactly. Making all of your fans and followers feel good about it too. My question is, so there's this moment, you get the photo, there's the butt pimple, there it is, all of them in all their glory. And you say, I'm posting this. Mm-hmm. And you hit post. Yep. Did you have a moment where you were like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> no, I honestly don't think I've ever once felt that. Wow. And posting anything with the exception about two months ago, I got my nipples pierced and I was really terrified that my mom was going to be pissed. And sure enough, she was. <laughs> Nothing like the wrath of a mother. Yes. I don't care how oh, old you are. My mom, Babs in my tattoo. I'll tell you that story on another day. Same. Oh. Uh, so with the exception of that, um, no, I've never felt, no, I've always been like, all right, let's just see how this does. And, you know, sometimes it gets good, good engagement, bad engagement, but I've never really questioned a message that I've put out or you've it's bigger never, than you. Yeah. yeah. Or you've never gone back and we're like, if you're scrolling through and maybe think of a picture that you posted long ago, because sometimes I will go through my feed and be like, oh, you know, like kind of remind myself, oh, maybe I was skinny at that point or I did feel maybe better at that point because I was really working towards some goal. You've never gone back and was like, I maybe I, I was second guessing myself at that time or I looked no. better at this time. No, I, I do sometimes often scroll back just because I've been through so many stages of my life. I invite everyone to scroll back to the beginning of my feed. It's incredible. I've done it. Oh, it's so it. bad. Like It's amazing. It, the thing that I actually, there's one photo in particular that I can think of. I honestly, it's not that I just look like a different person. Like my hair is a little bit different and I'm brown hair and whatever. The way that I carry myself in photos is so different. Like I look back on when I first started my account and I see this lack of confidence just sort of in my shoulders and my posture. And that's to me what stands out the most. And I'm not ashamed of it. I like to go back and see all these different stages. But that's probably the biggest thing that stands out looking at older photos. That's one of my favorite things that you posted about too is when you did the thing they did in shape the other day, body next to body. And you talked about them as different stages, about loving them both, that woman equally as much, our past, our present. During and during. I love that so much. Can you talk about that a little bit just in case people didn't see that post? Occasionally I'll post a side-by-side post. And it's interesting because I used to do it all the time at the beginning of my fitness journey back in like 2015 when I was doing BBG. It's crazy to me now to think that every week I posted a transformation photo like week like starting point to week one starting point to week two starting point to week three like yo you can't you can't compare your body like every week that's crazy. What if you had too much salt? Exactly but that was sort of the culture at the time on Instagram and the BBG world. Thank goodness it shifted a little bit and then sort of in my soul cycle journey I would do side by side comparisons of sort of my body a couple years ago to my soul cycle body and I look at that now and I'm like whoa like that that was just crazy because I was so ripped during my soul cycle uh, era and now it's less of 
posting side by sides for transformation. It's just interesting to me to see these two different stages of life. So my most recent one that shape reposted yesterday, I posted my body in the midst of my soul cycle career and then my body like literally day of. And I just came up with this concept that it's not like a transformation. It's not a before and after. It's just a during and a during like my body when I was a soul cycle some people might say is too skinny, but I was totally healthy and I was working my ass off. I, and I, I thought you looked great. I'm thank sorry. You. I was like, damn, she looks good. And that's, that's my opinion. Like I was like that. She looks beautiful. I saw you next door too. And I thought the same thing. Just yeah. Like, and, and I respect that body so much, even though I don't currently have it because I know the passion and the time and the effort that went into not necessarily specifically making that body, but that stage of my life. And so then, and then I have my body now and it's, it's just all, you know, everything's in flux, especially as a woman, our physical form is constantly changing. So it's not this end game. It's this constant flux. I love that during and during. I talk about this a lot too, right before the holidays when, you know, at SoulCycle people come in and they start frantically working out or right before summer. Oh, New Year's resolutions kill me, and, please. And the beginning of the year. And I'm like, hey guys, guess what? Nobody notices five to 10 pounds. No one. You know, you want to know what people notice? how you stand when you walk into a room, mm-hmm. how you carry yourself, who you are, the woman you are. That's what people notice. So that's the work that we need to be investing in. Yeah. Going back to your haters and like actually someone saying on the internet, Jara, are you pregnant? Or is this something that's what's happening with your body? What's changing with your body? How do you handle that? How do you stand up to them? It's funny because I'm so fortunate. I really don't have a lot of haters. I have a good following. I have a really wonderful community. So when the quote unquote hate comes, it's a little bit challenging for me to process just because I'm not really used to handling it a lot. The the pregnant comments, I've gotten like maybe two or three of them since I've left SoulCycle. I'm sorry. If you're what a pregnant person Fabulous. looks like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Even on the shape feature yesterday, I was re- there's like 200 comments or so and some guy was like, she looks pregnant. And someone's like, she's she definitely photoshopped this. And I'm like, why can't, why does everything have to be something? Why can't we just be a person like it's crazy to me um so the pregnancy thing kind of hurt the first time I got it just because my body was changing and I'm like do I look pregnant this is crazy but once again I used this situation where I kind of felt alone in it for a second and flipped it and posted about it oh my god the response I got from women who have been in the same exact situation and so like hurt so much more than I have because for me it hurts for a moment and I kind of move on Mm -hmm. but I have women it's like stayed with them for years and it just provided this other opportunity to open up this conversation about how we talk about women's bodies and like the things that we say to other people without thinking um, and the hurt that we carry from these comments and I just opened up a discussion around it and, and was able to connect with my community in this new way that I hadn't done before. So you took that, the, the hate, quote unquote, and was able to turn it into a community conversation. Yeah, exactly. And then women uplifting other women. Exactly. Together. And also just being a little bit more conscious of the things that we say on a daily basis flippantly in I just conversation. Yeah, I just don't understand how people don't think certain comments are going to affect people. Like, are you pregnant? Are you tired? You look sick. 
all of these things, if we are not those things, or even if we are those things, like if I'm tired, don't tell me you look tired because I already know I'm tired. So oh I, you're God. essentially telling me I look like shit. I just, I, I mean, I, I don't want to see think that we, we just have to be better. Mm-hmm. We yeah. just have to be better. I mean, if, if that's really the conversation we're having, we're demeaning all of us. I mean, I'm so much more than the size of my pants. You are so much more than the size of your bikini. Mm -hmm. We are all so much more than that. If we're going to sit around and we're going to preach that, we better start to walk the walk. And that means it it needs to kind of be eliminated from our conversation. That's what I was saying. Eliminated from our conversation and and the point of of making it more as a compliment. If I'm working really hard to set a goal and I'm trying to, you know, look weight or feel great in my wedding dress, like... And you know that you're going to say, Britt, you're looking good. You're, you're, you know, you're powerful. You're strong in your body right now. But same for a person that's trying to lose 10, 15, 20, 50 Mm -hmm. pounds. I mean, if that's the goal for them, that's great. But it's not about acknowledging that what you were maybe before, like what was bad for you before. Well, it's interesting you say that because once again, coming back to the shape uh, repost yesterday when they reposted my side by side, I was reading through the comments and out of the hundreds of comments, I would say 90% of them, 95% of them are going, oh my God, she looks so much better now. Oh my God, she look, she looks like a prepubescent girl before or like, I like her better with curves or like, no offense, but I like you better now. And I'm like, y'alls, you didn't fucking read the caption. You didn't get right? it. You didn't like, get it. And, and some some women are just naturally skinny and athletic and or or they're not and they work really hard to be toned and ripped and like, it's essentially shaming that kind of body. And it's, mm-hmm. I just feel like you can't win. Like you put a message out there. And of course, Shape's account is different than my account sure. because I got a really great response and my community got it. But yeah, to read through those, I was just like, I want to hit you guys on the head yeah. and like wake up. The <laughs> caption's right there. Yeah. Read it. Pay attention. Respond to all 200 yeah. of them. Oh God. <laughs> but that's it though. It's just like we're skimming the surface. Yeah. People mean that as a compliment and they mean that in a, in a good way, but still at the same time, they're doing the exact same thing. They're still shaming. Yeah. Still shaming the body at some point. And our body's our body and it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Always. During and during. So we have a lot of listeners that have asked about finding your passion. And looking at you, you've lived a lot of different lives, had a lot of different careers. Do you think that you found your passion or do you think this is an evolving process? I'm going to say it's an evolving process just because if I look back on everything that I've done it's all been an evolving process and this is not the end by any means. It's funny. I actually did a blog post called the art of starting and stopping looking back on all the things that I've started and stopped in my life that has sort of led me up at least to this current day, everything from photography to like calligraphy and hand lettering and oh goodness, there's a million things. Of course I'm blanking on all of them right now, but it's every single thing that one does or especially I have that I've done um, it's sort of been this twisty, turny path. And seeing where I am right now, it's been about eight months since I've been totally full time with Instagram. And I feel this new energy with the new year. And I'm starting to do some things that I haven't done before that I'm excited about and starting to plan for these like bigger things. And I just see it going in a much bigger, larger direction. So it's totally evolving. The thing that's cool about you, though, is that you have an idea, you get excited about something and you lean into it and make a choice. And I think that is the thing that has allowed you to live such a fulfilling life. And I think so many people sit on ideas for too long instead of just leaning into something and picking up the calligraphy pen. Right. Try it for a minute and then do something else. Yeah. You have to be curious, especially if you're in a point of your life when 
you're feeling stuck or frustrated. So like you are responsible for your happiness when it comes down to it. So if you're feeling stuck or frustrated, I get that it can be really hard to muster the energy. Like you get home from work and you're like, I fucking hate my job. I'm tired. I'm going to eat some pasta. I'm going to watch Netflix. But like maybe for an hour, get on Skillshare and learn something about photography if that's what you're interested in or spend a day during the weekend, uh, I don't know, going to a meetup about a topic that you're interested in. You have to put the effort into yourself in order to get yourself like out of whatever hole you're in. But I get it that it can be really hard to move the wheels when you're feeling that that stuck energy. Just make a choice, right? It's so hard. But yeah, yeah. you got to make a choice. And you talked about also from when you first started on Instagram, like everyone was posting these side by sides yeah. and how things have evolved. Like how do you feel the future of Instagram is changing? How, what direction? Like what if it was to shut off? That's a great question because <laughs> because that is something that I think about. I don't think it's going to shut off, but I think it's a great question because for me personally, I'm trying to think, Jara, what are you doing? Like right now, if you're to look at what I'm doing, it's Instagram. That's pretty much what I'm doing. I post every day. That's your medium. Yes, that's my medium. medium. And, you're, and you're vlogging in addition to that. Right. Over the last couple months, I have been frustrated with myself because I feel like I'm not doing enough. And I'm not feeling like I'm looking at the bigger picture, but I have to throw myself a little bit of a bone because the last couple of months since I left Seoul have been cuckoo bananas. I've moved two times. Yeah. I've been traveling a ton. Uh, one relationship ended. Like I've just been all over the place. So I've been trying to figure stuff out. But now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, anything else is an excuse at this point. So like figure your shit out. So I'm doing a couple of things that I'm excited about. Email marketing lists are very important. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I'm enrolled in an email marketing course because you own your email list. You don't own your Instagram followers. That's right. So that's something I'm working on. Um, I think not to like toot my own horn. I think I'm a really good writer. I agree that you're a really good oh, writer. Oh, thank you. I love the way that it just... I've always so enjoyed relatable. it. Like thank you. You. Just, you see like you're speaking. And now that I've even met you, I'm like, wow, that's really her. Like, it's your it's voice. So, it's so funny. My mom read my dating blog post last night. Of course, like my mom's my biggest cheerleader. And she wrote me, she's like, this is amazing. She's like, I feel like I'm just listening to you as I'm like reading this. And so I'm like, I, you know, I'm good at this. So I'm trying to write more and get my blog post up and running because I just enjoy doing that. And there's more I want to do, like create some sort of event series here in New York City. I'm just trying to think bigger picture about how to have a bigger reach, a bigger community, um, and just do more that's not just within a square on your phone. Right. But also allow yourself the time to get there. Right. Like I know, but I want to get there now. (laughs) What's interesting to me though, too, is that your mom said that was your best writing. And didn't you post something yesterday where you were like, do you ever write something and go, does this completely suck? Self-doubt is always there, right? I know. Oh, I I have like, I I don't want to, I was about to say like, I have so much self-doubt, but I have a lot of conversations that go on in my head all day long like I I couldn't even fall asleep last night there were so many conversations happening not voices don't worry um and they're all sometimes it's like negative like what the fuck are you doing or like you're doing too many sponsored posts this week or that post didn't get enough likes like it's happening all the time but then you're but then you're posting things that would be the hardest thing for someone to put out there and post and yeah who could never do it I'm me myself I don't think I could post my butt pimples or my cellulite or you know yeah if, unless it was from a certain angle and then you're still having those things go on in your head which it's makes crazy. you obviously human and yeah makes you we're all person. human yes yep. 
That's amazing. I, I mean, we're all going through it, though. We are. So, Jarrett, in wrapping up, we want to know what is the biggest change you want to see going forward in all of your mediums and in all of us? I think going forward, my biggest hope is what I currently hope to instill on my followers. It's about empowering women to feel confident and also just to feel good in their own skin. I want women to feel connected and also not feel alone in whatever it is that they're going through and processing and essentially just creating this community for women to uplift each other. Well, I think you're doing a really good job at that. Thank you. you. I can't thank you enough. I mean, in all honesty, it's a dream to think about a world that exists through your eyes for the future of my children to come and for for the world I just we can't thank you enough for being such an advocate and for throwing yourself out there and being a champion for all of us and helping us connect so Jared you're the shit thanks guys thanks for having me